0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Uh, this is episode 16. I am so excited to talk about this particular film. Before we dive into it, I'm just going to give a quick shout to obviously where you can catch this podcast. Uh, it's available on Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts and Google Podcasts. I'll also give a quick run uh, of the, uh, the social platforms as well a little bit later. But I really want to get stuck into this because I can see this one being a... Uh, been an extended one if if you enjoy the pun there but I'm joined by my good friend Nat McCartney as we are diving into Lord of the Rings. We're doing all of the films but obviously one at a time, Fellowship of the Ring but yes thank you ever so much mate for joining me. How are you doing?
1: It is an absolute pleasure and I'm doing fantastic. Um, I know that we've spoke about doing this for quite some time since you had this um, inception of, of making the podcast and everything so uh, for it to finally come into fruition is just amazing. So, yeah, been making lots of notes. And, uh, you know, like, like we were just saying before we started recording, just how much of a treat it really is to just come back and watch a film that is very near and dear to both of our hearts in, in you know, in various different ways for many different reasons. It's like an unwavering love for it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. there's never a time where I put these films on and I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, here's a scene like everything about them
0: is just flawless it, it's 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 you just summed it up perfectly there as i say and it's it's so nice as well because Lo- i think lord of the rings fans it's you know like i always put lord of the rings up there with like star wars not the same in in, in sense of like they're you know the same films and that but i mean as in the the huge like love and respect they have as, as you yeah. know entities and films it's it's definitely up there with star wars it's just the only difference is that lord of the rings fans are genuinely lovely whereas star wars <laughs> fans are all horrible at times when they want to be i just feel like lord of the rings fans are just so just they're all lovely no one's got any complaints
1: no i agree with you i i find it quite hard to come across anybody who you know thoroughly enjoys lord of the rings who would have the the same kind of unfortunately that same kind of like toxicity that you know kind of is in with the the star wars uh fan base i do think that the 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 trilogy around like the lord of the rings adaptation from the book um has definitely still got a very strong and like you said a very respectful fan base to it all
0: yeah i think i can't think of a time like where i've you know the only grumbles i've heard about anything that's related to middle earth itself is as you say it's the hobbit which probably won't be doing any revisits of that anytime soon but right now though we want to focus on lord of the rings and talking about just just this magical spectacle that happens um as i say this is another revisit listeners i've done a few revisits before on the podcast but this is really one that um it's like yeah i'm so excited to get get into it especially with you nat as well because you're a, a huge lord of the rings fan i think you actually probably definitely know more about lord of the rings than i do um and I just really want to like kind of just bring that round a little bit and just ask about what's your first like memory of Lord of the Rings.
1: So I want to paint you a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say 1998. And I remember being in an assembly at my primary school. Um, and one of the, the very wonderful teachers that I've had as quite a, a huge influence within my career, uh, Mr. John Crossley, he started discussing about how you know the, the way that sort of like cinema has changed and he and he spoke about it like in this kind of assembly around how uh, the, the books for himself have been around for for many years but then there was this like huge kind of like press talk in the night in 98 around the fact that these books were going to be made into films and I just remember the hype sort of rippled through like the crowds of like you know, the year threes, fours, fives and sixes. At that point, I'd never actually really had much knowledge of them at this point. But then when I spoke to my parents, it was like seeing like, you know, they're almost like seeing them come to life with that excitement around it. When it came to 2001, the theatrical release of the cinema, I was absolutely buzzing. And just seeing this particular film in its, in, in its glory at that point, it just bit me in such a way and fueled the flames of Undun in such a way where I was just hooked. It is very much encapsulated a lot of my life um, ever since that assembly, basically. What about yourself, like within the realms of Lord of the Rings? What was your first kind of uh,
0: thing to it well i think for me it was the uh the animated um the animated film that they released obviously i know it was back in 1978 i think that got released and it, obviously so, yeah. it never got finished i actually remember us in our uni days sitting down to watch the uh the animated film which was uh which was brilliant because again it was again it's nice sitting down to revisit old like well nostalgia and stuff that you grew up watching and and for all That's its crazy. flaws the animated version is it's it still holds a place in my heart it's still Decent. Yeah, I think that's what Peter Jackson. Obviously, I think he first caught wind of that, didn't he? As in, mm-hmm. that's what I think. Wasn't that his first, or did he read the books before actually? Because I, I know that he he always wanted to make the films. Obviously, yeah. Uh, but they were, you know, for for most part, every other director that had ever stepped even, you know, within range of potential directing it has always said it's unfilmable. The the books are yeah. unfilmable. Um, and I know that Peter Jackson. I think every studio turned him down for it, which is just much. astounding when you uh, think about it now.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because before New Line Cinema kind of took the plunge with him on the actual project, it was Miramax. Yeah. And Miramax were determined to make it into a two-part film. And that was it.
0: Which again is a bit of a stretch, isn't it? Because I read this and I was like, two films? (laughs) Why would
1: you condense that much material into two films? So then it eventually came to the point of where Peter Jackson was like, it's not possible. So Miramax were like, we need to then drop the, the project.
0: I, I just love, you know, this, this very grounded approach to Peter Jackson's, mm. uh, w- Peter Jackson's approach, sorry, to this film in, in the sense that every, you know, tried to not overuse the CGI when it was necessary. I mean, bear in mind as well, back in 2001 or whatever, like the CGI and the, and the state of play with that wasn't yeah. anywhere near as what we've got now, but they were, he was kind of, you know, producing different programs as he went along with it to, mm. well, make cinema better as well. Yeah. So, it's definitely one of those like i say the whole the whole three of them in their own right changed and defined cinema um you only have to look at the amount of oscar nominations and oscars that it won to kind of mm. cement that because obviously as i've already mentioned at the start listeners we are going to be doing one at a time um i don't really know how long this episode is going to be i know i tried to keep them short but because it's lord of the rings i think i'm just gonna, we're just gonna go for it anyways and see what yeah. happens but we're going to talk about particular moments and particular mm. You know the extended sequences as well, and and just what, what why we loved it really, or what we loved about it. We're, we're also going to do a feature as well of uh, the best our our each personal favorite lines and favorite scenes in mm-hmm. the film. Um, and did you say as well you were going to bring up something about guess which scenes were extended? It's going to be so, so hard.
1: <laughs> so the idea is that from when the film begins right up until the the weather top scene where it's the, the Attack of Weathertop or Amon soul, there are 10 specific extended scenes or bits of stuff that w- that was not within the theatrical edition. So I'm going to be testing Joe um, at some point throughout the podcast uh, to see if he can sort of find these, and I'll tick them off if he gets them or not. I think Two I'll do very four, well at testing. the start. I think
0: I'll do very well at the start of this. I, vi- I vividly remember getting the extended cuts every year for my birthday, every year it came around mm-hmm. and I'd get them. And I remember watching the fellowship for the first time extended it. And I, you know, when you've only had the theatrical for so long and then you see these extra yeah. scenes and I'm a nerd sucker for it. Anyways, any extension in deleted scenes or whatever, I'm all for it. And straight away, I was like, that's mm-hmm. new. I like it. And so I think I'll do well. <laughs> do you know what as well? It's worth mentioning. Cause I think, I think, well, you knew, and I, I think I might've mentioned it recently, but I've never had the actual privilege or, or, wonderful experience of watching any of the lord of the rings films in the cinema i never saw any of them at the cinema
1: so i i watched every single one um at the cinema so i went and saw the fellowship of the ring at least i think four times wow when it first came out
0: did you ever wonder when you watched um, it like how is this a pg i still to this day can't believe it's a pg the first one
1: yeah i completely agree with you and especially with um the extended edition yeah. and when you and when you see the body count that Aragon manages just from decapitations alone, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. It is, it's quite impressive that they still manage to keep the parental guidance. Um, you know, even back then, even back in 2001, yeah. when I do think that, like, you know, the actual standard of, like, you know, what within the BBFC, like, what was actually deemed like, you know, the ratings, I am very surprised. Yeah, this is, um, that's
0: why, because my my yeah. mum went to see it at the cinema, and then she was like, oh, she's like, I, I know you want to watch it, but I don't know. Like she said, because the orcs and the urukai are both bloody terrifying, aren't they? Like some of them are pretty mm-hmm. like horrendous to look at, and like yeah. just yeah, the sheer the sheer body count. And any like <laughs> maybe I'd let it slide on the theatrical cut, being you'd be like, all right right, you pushed it and you got a PG. But the extended cut, I still can't believe to this day it's like allowing it just to... Yeah, parental guidance. Ah, you have a laugh. It's one for the family.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you.
0: I've already just... We've just been nattering away. Like I feel like this is just, just it now. Like, listeners, I know you're there with us and everything, but just expect just pure just geek overload at how fantastic these films are first first kind of trivia that i like about the you know with with the start in particular obviously you've got this incredible opening from cate blanchett's uh, galadriel Mm -hmm. obviously she you know tells us the the tale of of the one ring and so forth but obviously i'm sure you knew as well but they recorded several different versions of that with different actors and trying to work out which ones i think frodo and gandalf both did a take on it, um, which would have yeah, been would have yeah. been quite strange. I mean, I, I'd understand it more if it was Gandalf. I think, but Galadriel mm-hmm. was absolutely spot on. Like it was incredible. Taking nothing away from that, I just think it'd be yeah, interesting absolutely. to hear those other takes to see what it sounded like.
1: I think there are. Um, I think you would need to do a very very like deep dive into like YouTube. Um, but I'm sure that you can actually find um, the actual takes of. I'm not too sure about Frodo. Um, I think you get like a slight glance of it when it's in the appendices um, of the Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. Oh, definitely I've definitely heard him like say you know like things like um, um you know like particular lines of the prologue. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's like a full bit of Gandalf saying like you know quite a few different lines from it. But I do agree with you. I think you know they they made the right decision with Galadriel just because. End of the day, she is one of the. Um, I was having this conversation with my partner this morning, and I, I could tell I was boring her to tears. Um, <laughs> but like you know, end of the day, it makes perfect sense within the lore of Lord of the Rings that you would have Galadriel discussing, you know, the the part these particular parts of the Second Age. Because at the end of the day, she experienced it, she witnessed it. Mm. You've got to remember that Gand like like you said, Gandalf would have been an interesting take, but Gandalf in himself you know didn't really arrive into middle earth you know for for a very long time yeah like you said perfect choice when they finally got to that stage um, and for her opening it and oh my lord what a perfect way of just building up the this world this sense of fear and dread that is overshadowing the world that these people live in keeping this prologue like because I have, I'm definitely sure that they've spoken about the fact of that they were that they possibly weren't going to put it in but yeah. then there was a lot of talk about no we need to have it in to, to really sort of encapsulate why this entire film exists in, in that sort of thing why we are telling this story I
0: think I read as well <laughs> that I think they originally wanted like a two or three minute prologue. And they got yeah. like a, what is it like eleven minutes, seven about ten minutes long into that prologue with, exactly, with yeah ah uh, because there is uh, some extended scenes in this opening prologue as well. See, I've spotted one already.
1: <laughs> I just love the fact of that they discuss like the lore around the actual rings that were made by Sauron and Celebrimbor, yeah. um, you know, and how they kind of affected. Well, didn't affect the elves, affected the dwarves to some extent, and then you know discuss the fact of that like. They have them you know like in in their own subtle way the the real sort of downfall of these uh these nine kings that unfortunately you know were, were taken by sauron and just like the overall like almost like stranglehold that sauron had you know within his like rise to uh notoriety i guess to some extent and the armies oh my lord it's just incredible like,
0: the spectacle yeah. it's just
1: unreal you know, just, just the details. And then just like we was talking about with, like, in a filmmaking side of it, this is, like, the first glimpse that we get around the software that they were using and experimenting with, where essentially the software allowed them to actually be able to individualise every single, like, uh, person within the armies as if they were, like, a real person. And they could actually zoom in on, like, one particular orc or... Particular elf, man, whoever it is, and see the action of like the film um, of like, you know, the actual battle going on through the eyes of that one particular individual. It's mind blowing that they brought it to that extent
0: yeah. to be able
1: to really sort of bring that sense of reality to that bloodshed and war. Like, it's just, oh. It just blows my mind that they really <laughs>
0: want that detail. And this is just this is this is this is only the the, the prologue as well. Like and there's exactly you know, like exactly. it's amazing in itself. You know, we, we we do get the whole story. You know, we get the you know the explanation, or the exposition, rather of you know the ring itself and Sauron and how he was uh, initially you know defeated uh, by a sealed door. But you know. As, as it as it will, like the ring manages to twist and, and, and I should mention actually at the start of this, this is going to be a spoiler revisit, listeners. If you've not seen it yet, then what are you doing for starters? And B, how have and you B, been listening to whatever and not, you know, being like, oh, actually they're going to start talking about it really in detail. I think it's good as well that, you know, showing the actual power of Sauron um, as a being, which I know is more mm-hmm. so like, of a, well, he's the eye of Sauron, like an entity, if you will, or, you know, in that, in that sense. But like, yeah. him in full you know there like you know it already sets us up for what these guys what the you know the the hobbits and and the fellowship are going to be battling up against for for future but on a different scale so Sauron's a badass man mm. Sauron is to say Sauron is like hardly you know what I mean he's not he's in it but he's not in it in it you know what I mean like in the in all the films yeah. and the story itself He's just this 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 like I said this impending doom almost that just yeah. foresees everything um absolutely and and yeah i mean we, we just briefly touched on that there is some extended sequences in this opening and i think the one that I, the, the the vivid one that i remember from the from the prologue is um Isildur's uh, demise, pretty much. We get we get to see the, yep. the whole squabble. We get, you know, in the theatrical cut, I think it just kind of you see some horses, like you know, ruffle when you know, like when the ox yeah. come, and then that's it. And then you see his body drifting, whereas we get to see him get arrowed in the back. For yeah, t- and how
1: the ring deprave him. Yeah. yeah, when he's in the when he's actually within the river, and it just slips off of his. I mean, it's it's a bit of a faux pas because he's wearing gloves, like you know. <laughs> Smart, I think a smart man would have, you know, put the ring on, put his glove back on, but, you know, end of the day, you know, he, he was, he, like you say, he was ambushed by Orcs, I'll give him that. Would you, um, if you put the
0: ring on and put his glove on afterwards, would he not just have, like, just like a hand, like, hovering, like a glove in the air? <laughs> like, the hands I, I off of, like, right. Zap.
1: <laughs> well, I would like to think that, you know, because it's, he like, within the law of, like, what happens when you're put onto the ring, you, you're almost, like, you're still there yeah. within like the physical world but then you you are more present within the uh, like the sort of like the wraith world this this uh, the shadow lands in that kind of sense. Yeah, so yeah. I would like to think that like you know the, the glove would be transported there with him if he like if he lets go of it, if yeah. he drops it, um then yeah, I think you probably would be transported back into into the the physical world. But
0: it's, yeah. it's, it's mad that after he dies obviously it's like two and a half Thousand years to yeah, two and a yeah. half thousand years until Gollum picks up, just waiting, just buying its time, like it knows when it wants yeah. to come out. Absolutely.
1: And just for the listeners, just let you know, Joe has successfully found the first extended scene. So, very well done, Joe. Thank you. Um, so I've taped that one off. That's so probably the best well I'm going to do
0: now. That's it. I've, I yeah. only know I know a few every, every, other... oh no, actually, no, I tell a lie. No, I'm all good because we're actually coming to one of my favorite. Obviously, sequences of the of the entire saga, not just this film, but the mm-hmm. entire uh, well, all, all of anything Lord of Rings, The Hobbit, all of it. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, from Gollum, it, you know, it goes to good old Bilbo, Mister Baggins. What a, what a fine piece of casting! You
1: know, I'm sure we'll say this for pretty much every single character that we end up discussing throughout this and throughout the other films. But everybody that I think eventually became the characters that they were for, you know, for lack of, you know, like, for example, like particular casting directors, you know, having a rough idea of what they wanted or, you know, ideas that Peter Jackson had. I think that when they finally sort of put all the jigsaw pieces together and had the the people that we actually see as all of their characters within the film, my God, like, it is just... That there is no other cast that I could imagine being those characters.
0: Every time you see anyone that's like pops up as an article being like, Oh, these people could have could have played such and such, even even if it is just someone just messing about being like, Oh, if it was now then these guys, even when I see articles like that or just the other people that were up for the roles, I just look at them and think, it just it just wouldn't be the same. Like it wouldn't. It definitely wouldn't again testament to the films in it because if a film's that yeah. good that you're just like i don't want to see anyone don't want to know it's like my feelings towards the amazon tv show that they're doing which we can briefly kind of touch on because yeah. i get it's it's not the same as when we look at articles about who's going to play who or this that and the other but there is that kind of fit that i've got this nervous feeling about it like i don't want it to be crap yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: no i completely agree with you like i am um, i'm not like i'm trying to look at it as a very like Level-headed thing because you know, like as, as we, I'm sure that your listeners would know now for however long we've been talking for, that we hold these these films and this this franchise, but then also like everything around it, very near and dear to our hearts. And you know, I would I would just hate to, to see something that's new and is going to show uh, like you know, the second age. And you know, there's so much scope there as well. I would just hate for it to, to be given um, a disservice. It would just be a massive shame. It would be interesting to see how it pans out.
0: I mean, I get another I two separate things altogether, but on one level, I'm a little bit like, well, it can't be any worse than that last season of Game of Thrones. So, let's be honest. It's yeah. got. Let's let's yeah.
1: hope that it's. Um... Not to that caliber. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> um, not. Otherwise definitely I think, not. I think people will be bitterly disappointed.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the beauty of it though, as well is, is that this is my last comment on the Amazon thing, but if it is terrible, <laughs> it doesn't matter because we've got these films. So you know what I mean? Like we'll always have, have this. Yeah, um but back true. to obviously the, the 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 motion picture that is what we're supposed to be talking about, the fellowship of the ring with all <laughs> well, that digressing. Um but it's a good thing, it's good, it's nice to have these chats. Um, it's good and to get yeah. it off your chest.
1: Well, Well, the sort of thing that I was when I was taking notes, I was looking at it as like more like time segments. So, you know, like the particular bit now is kind of like from the the first introduction to uh, Bilbo as an elderly man. We get to see the the narration of the Shire and. And the hobbits and
0: And that's extended there we go that's another extended scene
1: yeah and my gosh isn't it worth it i don't understand why this wasn't put
0: in the film the theatrical cut i know it's about an extra 15 minutes i don't even know how many minutes it is extra but it should have been in it should definitely have been in
1: yeah this wonderful absolutely wonderful representation of the shire and the hobbits as people and, you know, what I absolutely love and adore about this is that before they even started filming any of this, they actually had to create the entirety of Hobbiton. Yeah.
0: It was like a, a year before, wasn't it, that you like, started like planting it yeah, all and everything? Like year,
1: yeah, it was like a year to possibly, I think, around to 18 months yeah. before filming there. But they had to create it and, you know, put the, the actual... Um, the setting for like you know the the structures of the, the front parts of the hills of like you know the, the hobbit homes um, Growing veg as well yeah growing veg yeah. crop the grass making it look so lived in and, and like well loved and cared for by by the population is just it's such dedication and I think if it if it had any less of that kind of dedication, it would not be the same film that we have.
0: It was like one no. huge passion project for everyone involved, wasn't it? Like it was yeah. more than just making Absolutely. a film. It's, again, it's it's just a great milestone in cinema for all of the... I mean, like so we've been chatting for however long now, but we've listed already just so much of how much, you know, blood, sweat and... T- well, yeah, all of yeah. them went into this into this into these films. It's incredible.
1: Absolutely. We Yeah, so we get this wonderful, you know, exposition of the Hobbits, and then... Og himself, Sir and McKellen makes his amazing debut as Gandalf the Grey, the Grey Pilgrim, Mithrandir, Oh, amazing!
0: The whole sequence with him and him and Bilbo is obviously not, let alone the the wonderful chemistry between Frodo and 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 Gandalf is is beyond you know believable and you know there, there's a journey in itself there and. I just love that sequence obviously with with him meeting bilbo again and or, or even just the slight yeah. little remarks you know in, in respect of uh, gandalf being a, a disturber of the peace and uh, if you're referring to this with a dragon and all and you just like and that was enough for me with like the hobbit in in the sense of uh, we've already had like little nods obviously with bilbo picking up the ring and the mention of the yeah. dragon for me was was class because obviously the hobbit book is is brilliant and, and a very fun-filled adventure story not Absolutely. three, not three films worth, but still, it's very good. I just like that little nod to to Smorgan and and that. Um, mm-hmm. I had my own Bilbo moment actually earlier. You know when he's looking for the ring, going, Where, "Where's it gone? Where's it gone?" I was looking for my keys yeah. earlier. I had no idea. But yeah, like with with Bilbo obviously staying in the uh, in, in the Shire as he has done for so long, and and you know with this ring and like the fretting he was just having, like, "Well, where's the ring gone?" Um, yeah, it just kind of shows that how it's consumed him in a way, uh, which then obviously leads him to, you know. the 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 events at the party
1: it really shows that like actually you know bilbo even throughout these very long years that he's been prosperous within the shire after his journeys and adventures with the the dwarves to Erebor, is that actually he actually still is a very self-indulgent man
0: yeah definitely um, yeah yeah you know
1: and i think that gets missed in the theatrical version You, you see very You only see a few little droplets of it. You know, for example, where he's having the argument with Gandalf. I was just going Um, to come
0: to that, yeah, obviously, because this whole... Kick you off, to yourself. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just this whole. Se- I mean, that like they have that argument, and it's still like obviously showing how self indulgent he is and selfish he is. To then yeah. afterwards agree to let Frodo have it, to then try and sneak off with the <laughs> ring in his pocket still. It's just a little bit <laughs> like, Come on, mate, what are you playing? Yeah, <laughs> the ring is still in your pocket. <laughs> um, oh, and 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 a quick one about that as well. I'm sure you know that the floor was magnetic for that sequence when he pulls the ring oh, out and well. lets it drop to the floor so that it can just. Yeah, slammed yeah. to the floor heavily.
1: Yeah, they had to make the ring out of so they had to find like the perfect composition of metals uh, to make sure that it would still look like the One Ring, um, but like you said, still be magnetized enough to to still have that like heavy drop to the floor.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that scene in itself is just wonderful. And I put down as one of my notes that when I was a kid, I'm watching you know Gandalf head off on on his horse all the way to, to Minas Tirith and everything, and then pop back, yeah. uh, you know, you, I was like, gosh, he's a fast rider from Shire to there, and what they failed to, to mention is the fact of that it's a 17 yeah. year span of time from when Gandalf leaves because he's unsure about what this ring really is and its true identity when he returns back to the the shire to talk with frodo about it
0: yeah um, i was just gonna cut in with that i say it's it's an astonishing quick turn at that turn of events that isn't it? it's literally like a 17 year just in the film he just pops along goes to the library has a quick read and he's <laughs> back for tea he's like i'm here frodo let's <laughs> have let's is it, exactly. is it secret like, is it safe
1: <laughs> the, day, the day after you know the the four hobbits have nipped down to the green flag and you know just for a a quick little brewski, and then you know, before they know it, Gandalf's losing his mind because yeah. he's terrified it's, it's that going this is going to be the One Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I um, just
0: because coming this this obviously comes as well to one of my I don't know if this is intentional from Peter Jackson, but the shot it's like a silhouette shot. Um, of them like crossing like through some fields and it's like a purpley a purpley sky and it's just the silhouettes. He's like, come yeah. along, someways. It reminded me of, of literally the the um, animated the animated film. I don't know if that was an yeah. intentional shot, but I was like, that's a great little nod to the I, animated absolutely. sequence.
1: You're absolutely right, and it is like a definite um, nod to the animation because, and it's the same where they are in the the forest that's got the beautiful kind of like purpley blue. Flowers on like the, the the forest floor, and just when uh, Gandalf like leaves them, and he's like, never put it on. Once again, that um, walking between them all is also like a nod back to um, to that film as well. So yeah, you're yes. absolutely spot on.
0: Yeah, so many great nods to the uh, to the animated film. Uh, like I say at the start, it was my first kind of introduction to Lord of the Rings. Really was the animated film. So anything, any nods, and uh, I'm absolutely all for it. Um, we're going to skip ahead a few because, like I say, we just want to try and though it's an extended, we're looking at it. We're looking at the extended Lord of the Rings. It's trying to keep this podcast as smoothly as possibly can. Um, so I really want to jump to when uh, you know when Gandalf and Saruman meet for the first time, which is a fantastic exchange. Smoke. Rises. oh christopher it's lee as crazy. well as like the only living actor at the time wasn't he that ever met Tolkien himself in person
1: yeah and
0: Absolutely. and obviously as well when it came because he he really he read the books as well when they first came out i believe as well and and
1: and read them every single year he yeah was until he passed away yeah
0: but he'd come to the uh, he'd go to the costume designers as well, wouldn't he? Uh, Christopher Lee and give them tips and how like yeah. how they'd look, especially like orcs and what like your color they'd be, this that and the other. Yeah. And what a man! Like what an actor! Like Christopher Lee, you know, he, just, just he, sadly yeah. missed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he was a huge font of knowledge for you know for Peter Jackson. There was a lot of times where he would actually school uh, Jackson quite often on set. And it's the same with um, with Ian, uh, Sir Ian McKellen as well. That they both had that, that gravitas of knowledge around like the world of Middle Earth, where they would you know sometimes be like, hold on a second, I, I get what you're going at, but I don't think that's right. And you know, Peter being a very collaborative uh, director was like, okay, fair enough. Like you've you know you've opened my eyes. Let's do it that way. And you know, and that was the same for a lot of the actors. You know, they would you know, um, and I think that shows like. That he, he wasn't precious, precious, precious about actually making the film to that degree that he was he was still confident in the people um they had around him and there was that real trust there. Yeah. Um so it's definitely commended. And oh my lord, like just the, the entirety of uh the all Thanks scenes, you know, where we, we slowly see the the demise of Saruman and he and we sh- and he shows his true nature of of betraying like, you know, the the job that the Mayards set them out uh, that the ballads set the Maya of the, the wizards to, you know, within um, you know, defeating Sauron as their main mission and to and whatnot, you know, we see that betrayal and you know, it is just oh, it's a fantastic scene. It is and the fight been... between them is just you know, I, I know that like it gets quips every now and then like within the meme culture about the head you know, spinning. Yeah, and these are uh, these two um, these two uh, OAPs going at it and you know cracking hips and everything. But when you when you see it as like you know these very powerful um, you know Maiar fighting one another, it adds just that extra layer of like intensity to it because you know like they're they're very equally challenged. You know like you know Gandalf in his own right is just as equally as powerful as Saruman. It's just that Saruman have that definitive edge of wanting to be um, in control of the White Council, you know yeah. Gandalf didn't want that, so this, that's uh, the only definitive edge to to Saruman in that
0: sense. This uh, this scene is, uh, I know we mentioned earlier about like favorite lines and favorite scenes of the film. Uh, this yeah. is my favorite line of the entire films in in that particular no, we do. scene. Yeah.
1: I don't know whether to, to reveal it now answer. or reveal
0: it later, but we could I don't we might, know. Yeah,
1: to... let's reveal it
0: later. Yeah, cool. So we'll we'll re- reveal our favourite lines and favourite scenes a little bit later. I'm looking forward to coming back to this particular scene though with Gandalf and Saruman because it's so, so good. Um, but yes, my favorite line is is in that particular bit, but we'll come back to that later. Um, I want to jump ahead though and let's talk about the uh, the infamous scene of the hobbits under the little banking as the uh, ring wraith. Uh, is lurking for them, and that whole sequence of them being uh, of them being hunted, which brings us very nicely to include obviously Merry and Pippin.
1: That is very true. the The sequence of like the of them being hunted by um, the Ring Race is just fantastic. It's such a lovely, like almost like it's like that. You, you're desperate for them to get away when you're watching yeah. it. I remember watching that the first time, and I was literally on the edge of my uh, cinema seat, being like. They've got to get past this. They they, they need to get away. Um, and a, another fun fact: um, they had to do a couple of ta- quite a few takes of Frodo jumping onto uh, the Buckleberry ferry um, because there was quite a few issues around getting the timing right. Um, actually, for him to land onto his mark like within like the group, and in one particular um, take. Uh, Elijah Wood did such a mag- magnificent jump <laughs> that he actually went uh, he went over all of the other cast members so like uh, Dominic uh Sat, um, Sean and um and Billy and went past the ferry and into the river that they were filming <laughs> in <laughs> they, were, they were a bit skittish for a moment as he went beautifully into the water um just like it's just little things like that, that I just yeah. find my
0: about this film yeah no I, absolutely it's exactly the same why i love these films as well all the behind the scenes little details all these things that we that we love about it we, we know about it from behind the behind the scenes things again it probably shows how nerdy and geeky we are to actually know all of this stuff but it's just because we love it so much uh, but the sequence of frodo jumping onto buckleberry ferry is so good it's so intense like you say, you just want him to make it completely agree and uh, yeah we then head off to brie and uh, the whole se- I-, I love Brie. Like it's somewhere that I feel f- feel familiar with. Um, but I-, I love this uh, this whole little sequence.
1: Yeah, they they do get to the prancing pony, but this is also. Uh, the wonderful thing that um peter jackson does we get our first director cameo from oh, him oh yeah that's a, um, with the carrot.
0: <laughs> I was going to say we Enjoy should that. we should uh, we need to point out peter jackson's uh, peter jackson's cameos cuz yeah when they Absolutely. when they do get to they get to Bree and head to the pony, one of the first people you see obviously is is peter jackson which is uh, yeah. which it's a very very quick one but I just like—I mean, it's a weird one with me in films because if there's ever a moment when it's like raining in films, like obviously throwing it down like it is there, obviously it's like a—it's like another character in itself when it's that kind of yeah. mood. Like, and I think that by having them arrive at that, you already kind of know that it's not going to go—it's not going to go well here. Like, obviously, start with yeah. Gandalf's not there to meet them. You Absolutely. know, you, they get a whiff of this Strider guy, and you're like, here yeah. he comes. Like, we know we know who's coming here. Yeah. Um, and it's just that like this there's already this like sense of like danger straight away G- gandalf's not there to save them yes we do know that you know well they do meet strider aragorn um yeah. who will protect them but there's still this unpleasant uneasiness that is surrounding them yeah. especially knowing that the the ring Ray, the ring or Narsghouls Nar's uh, are coming for them
1: absolutely and that's and just to add to that i think that's brilliantly encapsulated as well even when they're in this in this tavern of the prancing pony and you know there's the very loud and boisterous like men surrounding them yeah and it's, you know like for for anybody else that would be a very sort of like lively environment but for these very four on edge hobbits who are completely out of their depth of like the world absolutely it's it it's just an additional layer to that kind of sense of worry and like being very like alone even though they're all together so. yeah and then this is the first time that we ever see Frodo also uh, wear the Ring, and it is just such a beautiful shot.
0: Oh, it's you know, I- I- iconic in itself. Back,
1: the way he falls back, the way that the Ring just tumbles and then just places itself onto his, um, you know, onto his finger, and just the wonderful music crescendo, like as it's happening, and then he disappears. Absolute silence and the gasp of punters as he disappears. Ah, oh, it is just. I mean, we've this not really
0: touched upon Howard magical. Shaw's score for the film I mean just quickly if we just jump to that a very quick mm. second like incredible like it's again yeah. up there with like John Williams and stuff in terms of like you hear it and you know straight away what it is no matter what it is you've, where it is you've heard it as soon as you hear yeah. like the Hobbit theme or whatever or you know the Lord of the Rings themes mm-hmm. itself you just know instantly what you watch you know where that's from um, absolutely Howard Shaw's um, tremendous
1: and like you said about The Rain, it, in itself, it is a, it's an integral like, part to the film. Like It is almost its own entity that gives this additional richness to the film as well. It's almost like, a, like an, another performer.
0: Yeah, and so it another,
1: is hundred um, percent. It's just magical. I think you and get then, that throughout
0: um, this film as well. Wherever they go, like the you know the the uh, setting or backdrop, if you will, of where they yeah. are, um, it's again, it's like another another character in itself. Which I'm sure we'll touch yeah. upon as they as they do carry on with their journeys. Um, but it's very well done how Peter Jackson managed to do that because um, yeah, yeah, it, it is. It, it's it's it is definitely. I mean, it's part of that world, isn't it? It's part of. Showing the audience that this is so vastly different to what what we as regular yeah. folk would would deal with.
1: Absolutely. So then we come to the the very iconic ring raid scene in the in the beds, and like you said, with um, the, the horse with Frodo, Sam, and Gandalf, this is another um, homage to the animation film as well. Um, you know, this was something that Jackson wanted to you know, add back into the film because he absolutely adored it when he saw it in the animation. So, yeah, um, just an, another wonderful scene. And, you know, for those people and for myself first watching it, I was genuinely, I thought like...
0: They're in the same like, room. Is
1: this the, is this the end? Yeah. You know, is, is the directed by Peter Jackson just going to come up on the on the, the credits <laughs> after this? But luckily, it's all a charade. The Hobbits are safe. Very really well like edited. Yeah. They disappear. So then, if that, this then brings us on to um, the next lot of the extended edition scenes. So we've got three more that come with them uh, being with Strider or Aragorn um, with their journey to Rivendell in this sense. So I think. do you know what these may be?
0: I think one of them is when Aragorn is singing about his love. Yeah. And Frodo's like,
1: yes. I wish you. So, yeah, so that's, that's number 10 um, of the extended scenes that I uh, took note of. There's two before that. But oh. very well done for getting
0: that. I'm assuming maybe part of them walking? You know what?
1: I'll give you both. Like, you were correct. Um, like It was just essentially two. It was like a sandwich in that sense. So you get some additional wild scenes of them walking uh, through different terrains. And then, yeah, we get another uh, another wonderful Uh, wild scene where they're going through the marshes um i always forget the name of it but there's some marshes near amon sul so joe congratulations you actually you know got 10 out of 10 you know granted the first lot of them with like gandalf and whatnot before like i think there was only one or two that i had to fill you in on so very welcome to say you haven't watched the theatrical film's as much as extended. Very well done.
0: I probably have to, uh, I'm going to have to start watching the theatrical cut and extended cuts now for the next two just to make sure that I'm, I can like do my homework on them because I tell you what, yeah. those two are going to be pretty tricky for me. It's been a while since yeah. I have seen the theatrical cuts of Two Towers and Return of the King. So uh, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> So yeah we're going to move on to the the moment when they arrive at Weathertop which was I believe you mentioned it was Vigo Mortensen's first day of shooting is that that's correct isn't well,
1: it Yeah so um, like we've said before uh Vigo came into the uh, the project and everything after like one particular um, actor Stuart Townsend had been already cast as Aragon and then yeah so his first day of filming was uh, the the attack on Weathertop um and it like it was also the the first film for him to actually ever do any sword fighting and then he eventually um the 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 sword master of the entire project said that he was like one of the the most like fluent and best like sword fighters that he'd ever trained so
0: it's not a bad shout
1: oh i know like could you just imagine like and you know it's as we've said previously as well it's just such a testament to um, that dedication to the role of the character as well.
0: He went full you know, on. He went full he, on method, didn't he? Uh, well, to an extent, maybe to to with method yeah. acting, because he, you know, carried the <laughs> carried his trusty sword around with him, and uh, obviously got questioned <laughs> yeah. by the police and and so forth. But again, great actor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's just such a fantastic scene, and it and it sort of um, builds in this whole like sort of real danger of like the ring race as well, and.
0: That shot yeah. of the, the the wraiths coming through, when they look over at the top and they look down, mm. you see all the mist and they're just like kind of trickling through it. It yeah. is like you just, it's. I'd be honestly terrified if I was in that situation.
1: Yeah, so then poor Frodo is stabbed with the Morgul blade and he starts to slowly descend into, you know, becoming a wraith himself. Um, and there's some wonderful shots there where like, you know, Aragorn's really taking care for him and, and then we have... The Entrare that is Arwen as well. And it's just so wonderful. Um, From the books, originally, it's actually an elf uh, called Glorfindel who actually arrives to help with um, aiding Aragorn and Frodo. But I think it's an appropriate change um, because it does just naturally lend itself to the love story that's between Aragorn and Arwen and it cements it like in that very short scene. Between it's like his, s-
0: he- the seeds planted almost in that mode, the first interaction fully between them. Because obviously we've had the the bit before where Aragorn was singing about the, the person that he loved. Yes. And Frodo I mean, was asking him, who is she kind of thing. So like yeah. as soon as she appears on screen, there's that kind of moment you're like, is this is this the that the one that he was singing about? And it's it's perfect. And and Liv Tyler as well. I know we've already mentioned probably mentioned it about everyone that was cast in this film was perfect. But yeah, got to say it again because Liv Tyler is just awesome in this film.
1: Credit where it's due. You know, she's a very very dedicated actress and really puts the the work into be Arwen in this film. And one thing that like with my knowledge around like the book and with like other adaptations and whatnot. Is that Frodo is far more capable in the books. Like he, gets, <laughs> he gets himself to the Ford all by himself. You know, Glorfindel's there with his with his horse, and he's like, "Use it. It's going to help you to get away from the ring race and make sure that you get to um, Rivendell before you pass into the world of like the, of being a wraith." But yeah, and then you know, and I get it. Like, I think I think that's one of the tweaks that I'm always a bit more like mm, about really, because you know, like. Frodo is is a very, like, resilient hobbit, you know. He's not like some of the others, you know, like, where they have to really dig deep. You know, Frodo is just very naturally got this very, yeah, just resilient sort of character to himself, you know. He just gets on with it.
0: It is funny with Frodo because, like, it's his story, but in this, I feel like he's such... It's weird, it's like, there's a point in the film because, obviously, you get stabbed now, and you're like, bloody hell, like, weren't expecting that to happen, and then obviously I know we are going to come to it eventually, but then he does eventually get like stabbed again. Granted, it doesn't like count count when they're in the yeah. minds of more, but he, he does take another jab. And I remember yeah. like my fiance turned to me and she was just like, again, like what's going on with this character? Like, what's he doing? Like it is because yeah. for them for up until those, I mean, I can, I can live with the, um, well, live with it, but I, you know, like you get stabbed, that's it kind of thing. And in, in this first instance, but like, I feel like he's such, such a brave character for wanting to take this mm. this on. So when he's like, I'll take the ring tomorrow and everything. And I just like, it was so strange again, that was like another bloody setback. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: it's very true. It's very true. But, you know, credit where it's due, Elijah does a very, oh, very yeah. fantastic job in showing just like the, you know, the dangers of being stabbed by this this particular like magical blade that will eventually transport him into the, the world of raids and, and that's fine
0: Obviously we and
1: get... then I've said as a little bit of uh, film knowledge is that Liv Tyler actually the scratch on her face from the tree when she gets a bit of a swipe is actually real as well it's not any like sort of trickery of camera or anything like or any like cut shot. Great and the sequence,
0: front. and and the fact that it's not the only thing that they obviously keep in like they, there's a few accidental shots in this film. There's one in particular I'm going to come to a little bit later as well, but yeah. like it's not the only one. It's it's great that they that these films have got those stories because they they kind of make the better films. It's a bit like with Django Unchained and the famous Leonardo breaking the glass yeah. thing. They kept that. I love anything like that, and this this is another little perfect one. I want to. Um, I don't know which part of it this comes to because before we get to these guys actually arriving to. Rivendale and for mm-hmm. what for the next step. I just want to just bring it back to Saruman, because I, I know we've spoken about him briefly, but I can't remember yeah. which part of the film he's like summoning the army. So I thought it might be just I just want to quickly touch on the fact that he is now summoning an army for Sauron. Um this might surprise you, and it might surprise a lot of listeners to say that I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, but obviously as a kid, okay. um, and when you watch it as a kid, you don't pick up on too many things and it might take you a number of a number of watchers before you do pick up on something but for yeah. whatever reason i knew that Urukai were separate to orcs but i had i didn't realize until watching it this time around that they are like a hybrid of orcs and man yes i had yeah. you know it might sound silly saying that but it just never registered like it just it's one of those things it's like a, there's like a brief yeah. line about it and it ju- they just mention it and i picked up on it i was like oh bloody hell like, okay
1: yeah so it's um I mean, it's it's something that, like you said, quite rightly so, they don't really touch upon it, like, either within the theatrical version, and they don't go into much depth about it within even the yeah. extended, apart from that particular line that you're talking about. Mm. Um, so no, it's a very
0: good point to bring up. Yeah, it was just something, obviously, I was thinking of uh, in terms of when I was watching it, I was like, oh, and I never really clocked that about the uh, the hai so... Another another learning learning curve for me, in fairness, but yes, I want to jump to Rivendell and just talk about the beauty that is Rivendell, um, where we finally get to meet officially the Fellowship of the Ring.
1: This first part of seeing Rivendell, oh my lord! Like, yeah. you know, I know that the I know that Hobbiton was absolutely beautiful, but this shows like the 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 perfect use of blended scale scenery. Uh, green screen and um, physical set for the actors to work in you know it's just those little intricate details that you just notice the more that you watch these films and it blows my mind
0: yeah it's it's amazing it's completely mind-blowing as you're saying that it's it's just wonderful at Rivendell Um, but like you know by getting by getting to Rivendell you know we get the whole you know, Gandalf's there, fills him in on what's happened and, and this, that and yeah. the other. He's had a bit of a torrid time. And uh, and and finally, yeah. we now get to meet what will become the Fellowship of the Ring. And Absolutely. it's a, another just oh, excellence of actors, you know what I mean? Like who are popping up, obviously, Orlando Bloom, this was his first film that he ever did. He came straight out of drama school, I think, into this. Yes.
1: You know, what, what a fantastic introduction to him. Like, you know, as he like bounds in beautifully and just hops off so elegantly off of the horse. Yeah. You know, we have Sean Bean as well. Sean Bean, you know, my man. And then, you know, we get wonderful um, John Rhys-Davies as well as Gimli. It's a fantastic way of just tying in, once again, the melting pot of these different races all coming together to unite against this front of, like, evil. I I'm okay. saying, I really
0: can't wait for us to get in, and talk to the about the, the minds of Moria and stuff like that and, and what's I know, coming I'd
1: up. Very and get, uh, I, I want us to
0: obviously come to the first the, the actual meeting, the the high the high council meeting yep. in, in a sense, and just talk about like this entirety is you know like you see moments like for example in like i can come back to star wars with this but like in like phantom menace and stuff when there's all to do with like council talk and all this that and the other and it's a bit dull a bit dry or whatever and you're just like it's not really interesting it's space politics kind of thing and yes this could be like you could like you could say that in some in some sense like lord of the rings is that there's the political stance in that you know kind of Of you know different things but this whole meeting about what's gonna what's gonna go down with ring and who's gonna take it up to mordor and stuff um it's not boring at all even like just it's it's incredible that the the dynamics and the interactions it It almost like reflects the ring itself that conversation you know you say about this like roller coaster it's like you know you've got boromir who's very like we can use the ring to our advantage and we can you know you know harness its power situation kind of thing and like easily corrupting him straight away like it's got him. And then, obviously, the whole conversation builds up to this whole out almost like, barroom brawl, at t- <laughs> nearly, anyways. Like, they're all, yeah. you know, having a go at each other. Aragorn and bloody Gandalf get involved, you know, before Frodo says, I'll take it. And it just reminded me of, like... And then, you know, it brings it down again. You know, you've got this innocent mm. little hobbit who's like, I'll do it, I'll take it tomorrow." He's the only one so far that's carried it as long as he has, and it's yeah. not corrupted him as much. It's, it's amazing to say when you think about Boromir, who just sees it once and is like... My pressures. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: it's very true. And yeah, like I, I think that like, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It shows that the ring, even just in the short space of time, is able to almost start turning these people against yeah. one another. In just a, a conversation around what they should do with it. Like, I forgot to mention um, as well.
0: Like, it's, uh, we've, we've, I just want to very very quickly touch upon the terrifying moment that is Bilbo's In a Gollum coming out at Frodo oh when he take when yeah. he just catches a glance at the ring and then like it's still to this day absolutely terrifying. Like even now I'm like it's so scary. Like it's just horrible. It is. I am. Um, it is a,
1: a very PG violent. as
0: well. Remember PG film yeah. this. <laughs>
1: It's just a bit. Of, it is a very terrifying face, you know. The the dude, you know, like how they blended in, like gollums, like kind of shrieking scream face, in with like, um, you know, Ian Holmes, like very beautiful, sort of soft, like almost like cottage cheese face, and <laughs> it's that soft. You know, it's perfect, and it just shows, like once again, like that ring was it was with him for. 50 to 60 years from when he found yeah. it in The Hobbit and then to the the events of, like, Lord of the Rings. He had it for a very long time.
0: Yeah, definitely cor- um, easily. Well, it has obviously corrupted him in that sense. And yeah. it's quite sad in a, that, it, you know, it got And there's that, obviously there's that, you know, heartfelt moment afterwards when, you know, Bilbo apologises to him for everything and to Frodo for everything. And it's, he just brings it back again. You kind of just like, oh, well, he scared me off to death a minute ago, but he's too innocent to hate. Poor Bilbo, like, what a a man. I know that there's a little bit of, you know, a journey up to get to the Mines of Moria, but I really, like, want to get there, like, and start to, and really talk about, obviously, one of the most incredible scenes and quotable scenes from cinema's history, but just the, just... How we've gone from all these wonderful landscapes and beautiful, yeah. you know, scenery and and gr- a lot of green and and you know, like I said, beautiful places to then this her- this horrible tomb essentially, as Boromir would say, this a yeah. cave, it's tomb, a mine is a tomb yeah. or whatever. And you know, this this claustrophobia effect that you know, the Gandalf's not too sure where he's going, but these guys are like, you know, following him, trying to figure it out, and Absolutely. we come up to obviously the one of the first spectacles.
1: I just want to, uh, once again, just like make props to um, and give like real testament to the to the stage and like the set designers and the the set dressers of Barlin's Tomb. The, the detail that goes into this, like just this one part of the set is like phenomenal. You know, the fact that they have the entire aging process of, you know, like the webs, the skeletons, all of the dusting and like the rusting of like metals and you know, like the books, the way that they creak and
0: like they're, they're so battered and worn and... You know, oh how man, play. you just remind me of when obviously Gandalf picks up the book and then he reads the last entry and it's like yeah. they're coming and then like you just see like the pages obviously like you just see like he's, he's obviously gone. been write, writing yeah. as he was like dying basically. It's just absolutely. that eeriness, obviously and there's the build-up of obviously pipping it background causing havoc again, <laughs> but it's yeah, just absolutely. that the whole atmosphere, the mood of the film just drops and you know that something is something is coming absolutely and then
1: like you said here we are with you know frodo's um sword lighting beautifully blue you know to say that there's either orcs or goblins near and oh my lord I think throughout a lot of the I would I would actually argue throughout the entire trilogy for me this is the best action sequence wow it is, it's just the way it's executed, you know. There's a lot of layers
0: and depth, isn't there?
1: Yeah, and we've talked, you know, very heavily around, like, um, you know, just like the musical ending itself very beautifully, to the way it cuts out, you know, at the crescendo when they, when, you know, like, they break through the doors into the tomb. And it's just everything about this scene is, you know, it's the choreography, it's the shot. What's cool um,
0: with this as well, when I was watching it, is everyone with with all the battles they do a good job of it, but they always everyone has a moment to shine basically within a yeah. fight. But like with this one, the reason why it's also really really good and quite memorable is because they're in such a compact space, and because there's it's not in, it's not like a huge field they're fighting on, like they end up yeah. in like the, the rest of them kind of thing. Because we're only in like one room. It's yeah. it just makes it also like more entertaining, and they managed to utilize it to make suspenseful scenes, like when Frodo's like trying to hide from that troll as it's coming around and following yeah. him. Um, but yeah, like it's it's that's for me what I like about this fight is that everyone gets their moment in this fight. It just goes you from know? bad to worse, from don't it? Really, let's be honest. Yeah, from absolutely. here on, it just goes just a bit tits <laughs> up. Like plan plan A, B, and C out of the window. Let's be honest. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, as soon as we get that that very large. Um, horde of of um orcs just surrounding them, yeah, and then all you
0: hear
1: is the very loud sort Jeff. of like I don't even know how to describe I, it. It's, I, it's, like,
0: it's like a ripple. Yeah, it's, like it's a, almost it's like a, 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 a very quick chant into it. Like it's like you know what I mean. Like it's it's so it's obviously it's a growl, but it just reminded me of like yeah. it sounds more than one person. You know what I mean? But it's yeah, you know what it is when you hear it, and it's it's it's. it's well, if we know what's coming, though. What is
1: from that moment you know that, like, even more defecation is hitting the fans <laughs> at that point, and we have the the arrival of the Balrog. And what I think is really clever about this is that you only ever see like the the flames and the yep. light of of him before the reveal, and I think it's perfect because it adds that suspense.
0: Absolutely. Then trying to
1: get away and get to the bridge of Khazad-dûm.
0: Filmmaker's trick, obviously, is, is always to, you know, show less. It's more more impactful. You know, you look at films like yeah. Jaws in particular and stuff, you know, we hardly ever see the shark, but you know, it's knocking about and it's genuinely terrifying. Absolutely. This is exactly on that same level, you know, the way that they do it, it's right up until they get to the bridge that we finally do get to see it pretty much in all, in all its glory.
1: Mayar against Mayar, fighting one another and he takes him down And he starts to fall into the descendants of the abyss in Khazad-dûm and we think that it's over and then Gandalf is taken as well and that fall when he says fly you fools is genuinely heartbreaking and it's not the fall that makes that it's the the scream from Frodo that actually makes
0: it hit home. I've actually so, got goosebumps now just talking about it. like Because there's the line, obviously, like, fly, you fools. And then it's that silenceness. All you hear, there's no music, nothing. It's just yeah. the slip. That's all you hear. Yeah. And then you just see that one shot of him falling, and then it cuts back to Frodo for that, that awful, yeah. agonising scream. And um, then that beautiful music kicks in, and it's all... It's just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like you genuinely, it's one of the couple of like moments within this particular film where you are like, well, there's a fair few moments when you are quite emotional during this film, and obviously yeah, Gandalf going. It's, I mean, not only Gandalf, but Ian McKellen, man, like, what, uh, McKellen. yeah, I
1: don't see Ian McKellen going into, into the descent of Ad the abyss or anything, and um, but it is like and. I think it's the real shattering point of yeah. the fellowship. That's it, isn't it? It makes it p- very like hard.
0: You know, like they and say at the end of the film about the fellowship, or you know, it's broken or whatever. But it's yeah. it's broken from this point. Like this is yeah. when it is shattered. That like because pieces start to fall out of place. You know, we're going to come to obviously Boromir's his turn essentially like he you know yeah. lets the ring do corrupt you know corrupt him. No one's got a leader. And I do want to jump to obviously the whole. Boromir trying to take the ring from Frodo but um so, you know because that does lead to the to the ending obviously the, the, the finale um the final battle if you will and uh, but before that obviously they, they meet the the wood elves and there's some great sequences with the wonderful Kate Blanchett as, as Galadriel or just you know amazing actress uh, and I just love that sequence between her and Frodo you know this little snippet of what she would be like should she w- or you know would have taken the ring or let it corrupt her in that sense um can we talk about um, the um the gift giving because uh yeah, it's, absolutely. it's it's quite wonderful this the sequence of her giving you know the gifts that she gets given i love yeah. sam's reaction to his gift when she gives him the <laughs> elvish robe and he's like yeah, got one of those like daggers that i can have or anything like that i like and then oh, you you absolutely. get you get that humor but oh my gimli's gift gimli's gift or is it just a lock of a hair or something like that yeah
1: you know what like, it's such a beautiful moment because it's, I think it's the first time that we see somebody who's got the the very sort of, like, preconceived stigma and, you know, biases against, um, you know, like, another race that's, yeah. you know, heavily ingrained in, like, you know, the, the law of Lord of the Rings and, and Middle-earth in itself. You actually start to see him realize that, you know, that actually these people... Are, are, are wonderful and you know but actually they're, they're just as, as important as the dwarves are and you know it, it softens him ever so slightly and I think this is the, the part that we actually really see his mind shift and hence why he, you know probably his entire arc as a character we're hearing become um, Gimli friend as, as his title. Yeah. Um,
0: it's a bit of social commentary helpful. there as well, isn't there? You, you should, like, more people should watch Lord of the Rings to, like, start thinking that everyone's Absolutely. equal. Like...
1: Absolutely. And, yeah, like, and it's a beautiful scene because I think it actually, because he asks for um, a single strand of her hair. That's it, yeah, just, think, just a little and a, strand. And what he what she gives him in return is three, and it's like it's just this like sense of like overwhelming, not satisfaction, but this overwhelming like honor and admiration that you see him have for for like almost like asking for for such a small trinket in his mind, and then being like given so much more wealth in that sense, like out of kindness. But hmm. it almost like yeah, you just see his like his entire perspective on elves change in that moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely, completely agree uh, in respect of Gimli's perspective on elves and, and such change. And as you say, that, that that continues to blossom over the course of these films. And it's a great little friendship that we uh, we as audiences love to see more of. Um, but talk to me about Boromir. Talk to me about this. Uh, yeah, his attempt to take the ring from uh, Frodo.
1: It's a, such a good scene between um, Sean Bean and and Elijah uh, Wood where they are sort of fighting and then scurrying around and it shows like once again just how much power this tiny ring has over somebody and because when he falls over and almost like knocks himself to you see like that Utter remorse of like mm. being that way, and it, when he's like screaming for Frodo and like apologizing and asking for him to come back so he can show that he wasn't meaning it, yeah, it's just wonderful.
0: The Sean, the shot, like I said, the sequence between Sean Bean and Elijah Woods, um, it is, it is, it's like a building up, isn't it, all the way through the film. It's really yeah. like it's coming to that, you know, it's going to get to a boiling point, and like. It just, it reminded me very much so, like, when, you know, they have the scuffle and and, and so forth, and when he's shouting, curse you, curse you, it just, it was very, like, Shakespearean in a way, like, and it's not a bad thing, like, I don't think that's a bad thing at all, it just, it reminded me of something like, out of, like, a Shakespeare play kind of situation where, you know, someone's, someone's wanting something for self-gain, and, yeah, just that kind of, just that kind of vibe to it. Obviously, yeah. Sean Bean's amazing. Let's be honest; he plays a very good, very good character as Boromir, and it's almost like his repentance for what he did is what mm. makes him want to obviously protect the fellowship and and Merry and yes. Pippin for starters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so to touch upon that, like with just like the build up to where we see, um, you know, Boromir's demise. Once again, the choreography with the fighting between, um, like. Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, and the Urukai when they ambush is just executed so well by everybody. I think they um, used
0: um, CGI uh, bows, didn't they, for uh, Legolas's uh, bow and arrows in that particular scene? Because yeah. I think at the time they said that no one could, you know, do the arrow that quick, like shoot the arrows that yeah. quick. Whereas I think it's now been proven that it is possible. I believe I'm right in saying that, it but is, uh, you must yeah. be really good at arrows to to be flying them out like like Legolas is doing.
1: Yeah, most archers, um, you know, who maybe like compete for like the Olympics and that kind of caliber of of um, competition in that sense, they always carry their quill by the side of them because it's just it's just quicker to whip it out the quill, Um, uh, not the quill the quiver. But yeah, you're absolutely right. People have, because of the film, then tried their hardest to then be able to show that they can do it at that speed and. I'm sure that there's definitely like plenty of YouTube clips of showing people doing so. But at the time, you know, credit to Orlando Bloom, he makes it look very realistic. Yeah, it doesn't, you wouldn't have thought thought it was...
0: Fake or anything, I just I find no, it fascinating no. that, like, it's not because of the film, people are like, I'm going to prove it's possible to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but back to Sean Bean and Boromir saving, uh, saving Mary and Pippin. I think if you're a Sean Bean fan, you're already going into this film thinking, Well, he's gonna die because the universe <laughs> can't comprehend with Sean Bean's name not rhyming the way yeah. it's spelled, so like, he has to die. Um, <laughs> and you know, we we spoke about this sequence, so I'm just going to come to it now. Obviously, yeah, I just yeah. it's so such a powerful moment we, you messaged me straight away after you saw it i messaged you as well it's it's absolutely heartbreaking especially for a character that you know like we've just seen him try and take the ring from uh frodo obviously obviously granted he was mm. you know in, under the spell of the ring in that sense but you know the way he takes those arrows and continues to fight on It, i think that's what and it's the echo as well as it hits him it's like yeah. there's an echo of like his grunt as it hits him and mm-hmm. the music like starts to fade, and then he, when he gets back up, it comes. It's just you got again the goosebumps talking about it, like it's um, it's it's Absolutely. it's a beautiful sequence, but a very very sorrow one. Yeah,
1: definitely, because it's once again it shows that nobody is really safe. Yeah, like this anything. is like a,
0: people oh. are going to die in these films. This isn't this isn't like a a TV show where your main characters are just going to stick around because they're the main characters. This is you just exactly. you, you're gonna lose people along the way of this journey.
1: Exactly. And I did put this down like the fall of Boromir, and the only note that I had for it is that he is an absolute machine. <laughs> yeah,
0: literally <laughs> all machine. those all those arrows. Like he's left with three Absolutely. arrows in him. And and he still gets a bit of a noble death in the sense because it's not like he gets put out of his misery by Lurch, you know, Aragorn comes in, which I'll say this now because we're gonna be announced we'll probably chat about it later. But the fight sequence between Lurch and Aragorn is my favourite favorite uh, sequence in the film. That's my favorite oh, okay. scene of the film, yeah.
1: I, I would actually have to agree with you as well. I would say it's my favorite. And it's just, once again, it's a, a testament to... Uh, um, I always forget the name of the actor. Um, but the gen, the gender who plays Lurtz, and then obviously Vigo, yeah. like, that sequence is just filled with like intricacies. Oh, you know they that... both knew like, that if something was out of place one of them was going to get very badly hurt and one of them
0: nearly did didn't he this is one of the scenes where mm-hmm. um what i was saying about earlier where they just caught it on camera because uh, the guy who plays alerts had so much like makeup on that his eyes were covered up so when he launched mm-hmm. like the dagger at uh vigo um it, it was like a very quick reaction for him to hit the hit the blade away with his own sword but it wasn't yeah. meant to go like that at all and i find it astonishing.
1: Yeah, so- Yeah, like so, the shot was all set up. He was supposed to throw it in his direction, and you're absolutely right. It was like it was thrown too close to Vigo. So then, just him being an absolute badass that he is, he just deflected it with the sword, and it's it's such a insanely good shot
0: it's a great fight sequence I, I i also like it's a bit of a strange one but i'm not sure if this is it i think this is it only in the extended it could be in the theatrical i'm sure you will let me know but when lurtz pulls the blade out from his um from his leg and he like licks the bl- like licks the blade i'm certain that that's not in the theatrical cut you're
1: absolutely right it's not in the theatrical cut he simply just pulls it out has a bit of a growl at aragon and throws it. yeah and
0: this-
1: in the extended scene, he licks it as like a bit of an antagonizing. Yeah, thing, like remember. I don't,
0: like I don't care. Again, amazing. Like you say, choreographed to a T, and um, massive praise to, to Vigo for deflecting that blade because that could have been an insurance claim.
1: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then we then move on to the. For me, like out of even though like gandalf's fall is genuinely heartbreaking i think this part for me is the most heartbreaking scene between aragorn and boromir where aragorn is tending to boromir as he's got his last moments of life and it's it's the way that boromir has being truthful i did try to take the ring from frodo you yes. know and it's like and aragorn is like you know just you know be still be at peace you know like just you know
0: don't worry about it to, yeah. yeah just forget you know? it like we know um, we know what the ring is like you've, it's yeah. it's fine kind of thing like look at what you've just done now you know what i mean yeah, so
1: absolutely you know that's like and it's a true testament to boromir as a character because i'll admit when i was younger i used to say that he was my he was the one that i didn't like but actually as you know as we get older as we get wiser you actually realise that you know people do make mistakes. People yeah. are taken over by like you know their their wants and their desires, and you know it, it, I think that's what makes him such a, a a fully rounded character within the book and also within the film. It's
0: quite relatable and, as well, and not just for me absolutely. being a northerner, obviously. Sean Bean's from the north. <laughs> I just mean, isn't it? Yeah. It is relatable when you know you put it like that, in the sense that like we all make mistakes. We all we all you know, that's it, that's life, isn't it? You learn from it, but yeah. at the end of the day, the true the true self, your true self will always come out in those kind of moments, like what Boromir yeah. did for Merry and Pippin. Look at us getting so in-depth with characters, it's unbelievable. Like, who would have thought, like, we'd have done, like, a film and performance degree or something, bloody hell. Oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> who knows, you know, like...
1: <laughs> um, but, yeah, and it just... It really shows that, like, Boromir redeemed himself and, you know... Right to the end, he had he had the highest honour, which is I think what something that Aragorn says to him. It's just such a beautiful moment.
0: So following obviously Boromir passing, essentially the fellowship is pretty much done isn't it? Merry and Pippin yeah. have been taken off by the Urukai. Um, Legolas, Aragorn, and, and Gimli they're left to well at the moment. We're not sure what they're getting up to yet. But Frodo said he's going to go off and do take the ring to Mordor by himself and. I think this is one of the most emotional I've seen my fiance in a very long time watching a film when really, okay. when Sam runs after Frodo and like obviously they nearly drowns essentially silly idiot. Yes. Like, you can't swim, Sam. Like, he, <laughs> oh, it's fine. I've suddenly learned. Like, so like, yeah, that this sequence when when obviously Frodo saves him and then puts yes. him, you know, gets him in, and he's all like, I made a promise. Like it is so emotional because I think it just sums up like it brings you straight back to the Shire again, like back when yeah. things were fine. Like you know, he brings up Gandalf and made a promise to Gandalf, and just Sam, what, what, just your what a best mate, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely, like this is the guy that is going to, you know, make sure that you have a good meal as well as like destroy one of the biggest evils in the world. Yeah, you know, and. You know who who would not want to have a Samwise Gamgee in their life when he's got that much um, fierce loyalty to to Frodo? It's it's yeah, it's a fantastic um, once again testament to Tolkien's writing. Um, you know about that almost unbreakable bond that he will literally go to the ends of the earth to make sure that his friend is okay yes. and that he will he will not have to.
0: Take this burden completely by himself. It's, it's so it's so weird that we're actually now to what like pretty much at the end of the film, isn't it? After this, you know, this journey of sitting down and going yeah. over it. Obviously, uh, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli decide to go after Merry and Pippin. Um, that's where we yeah. are left with those guys, and we just see that final shot of you know Frodo and Sam as they continue their 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 journey. And you get that lovely little line of "I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're here with me. I'm glad you came," kind of thing, you know, from Frodo yeah. to Sam. It's perfect way to end it, and. Uh, and there, there it is. You know, the 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 our revisit and 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 going through Lord of the Rings is the first one, anyway. Is the Fellowship of the Ring. I mean, it's so good, isn't it? Like I remember watching. Obviously, we just discussed it, but you know, it's it's an epic film, an epic tale, and I, I really can't wait to dive into the second one.
1: I'm more eager to know your your favorite quote of this of the film.
0: So my favorite quote of the film is uh, it's Gandalf when he first meets Saruman when we first see Saruman the exchange. And it's yeah. obviously after you realise Saruman's gone to the to the well to the dark side, if you will, to, Sa- to Sauron's mm-hmm. side. And Gandalf says to him, he says, Tell me, friend, when did Saruman the Wise abandon reason for madness? I just think it's just a stunning line. Obviously, after that you get the whole Gah, and then it like, you know, it kicks into yeah. the fight kind of thing. But that line, it's just perfectly delivered.
1: I agree. It's just like you say, like his delivery of the line is just magical. Um it's almost like that wonderful like look of like almost like broken trust yeah like and then almost like he's really disgusted that Saruman is like uttering the fact of that he wants to, to join Sauron
0: that's it it's it's well, almost like he just feels him. like he's been stabbed in the back a little bit like or like he just yeah. can't quite comprehend what's been said to him you know like Sar- Saruman's Absolutely. like you need to join up with Sauron because otherwise you're you're dead basically or like everyone else can it's like well hang on a minute like what where's this suddenly come from so um yeah i love it and the build up to it is perfect but that line the way that, i think it's madness it's the word he, when he says madness is just tremendous in that in that yeah, line absolutely. what about yourself
1: so for me i did make a decision and the the line is actually when aragon and frodo uh, they're at the high seat of amon hen uh Boromir's tried to take the ring And Frodo's, you know, testing Aragorn. He's like, you know, would you take it for yourself? And Aragorn comes over. You can see that he's, like, toying with the idea of it because, you know, that's just the ring in itself. You hear the voice of the ring, you know, almost like beckoning him. And he just simply closes Frodo's hand and says, I would have gone with you to the very end, to the very fires of Mordor. And the reason why that's my favourite line is because you, you just see that truth in Vigo's face, you know, there's there's not a shadow of doubt that he meant that line, yes. you know, he really was present and, you know, obviously with ourselves being, you know, performers to an extent, you know, within our sort of very long list of catalogues of performing ourselves, <laughs> um, you know, when you, when you dissect it from an actor's perspective, you know, you, you just, you see truth there. And you just see that he wholeheartedly meant that fantastic yeah.
0: line no it's a great choice i love it it's been it's been absolutely wonderful this and uh, listeners you can look forward to more of our discussions of lord of the rings as we continue and i don't know next couple of episodes time we're going to try and you know keep it nice and not too long between the next episode but the two towers is next um i'm looking yes. forward to it i can't wait it's one of people's many people's that i know's favorite of the bunch so uh, make sure you stick around but now thank you ever so much for going over this and uh, it's been it's been a pleasure thank having you, you featured
1: well, thank you, Joe. You know, it's been magical being able to, um, as my partner would say, absolutely nerd out um, <laughs> with this particular um, like trilogy and, you know, the, well, the first installment of the trilogy. And it's just been magical just being able to dissect it in this way and, you know, just talk with so much passion. And I've loved every minute of it. And I really hope that your listeners can feel that and enjoy it in the same way that, we both enjoy this film so much as well.
0: I'm sure they will. What they won't hear though is all the uh, the extra bits I've had to like cut out because we actually have been talking quite a while about this. So uh, listeners, yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> yeah.
1: Once again, I would like to you know thank your listeners as well if they get to the end of you know embarking on this journey with us as well.
0: No, thanks, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. And listeners, thank you so much for listening to this first episode of our Lord of the Rings trilogy, Revisit. Fellowship of the Ring is done. Keep your eyes and ears for future episodes on the podcast. Don't forget to keep up to date with the the social media accounts. Joe Blogs Films is the Twitter handle. Just search Joe Blogs About Films into Facebook to find the Facebook page. Until next time, take care.